0: ...lead to freedom. Some lead to embarrassment. Some lead to jail. Some lead to divorce. Some lead to job loss. Just ask the 43% of Americans that spend more than they earn. Nearly half of Americans spend more than they earn. And many want to retire because they can't because they're in so much debt. Because not all free choices lead to freedom. Some lead to slavery. Some lead, lead to jail. Some lead to embarrassment. Just ask college students that in the name of freedom... They drink beer, they skip class, and they end up dropping out of school. My heart breaks for for our college students because they they long to be free, but many don't have any idea what it means to live a life of true freedom. According to a a poll, uh, 42% of college students report that they engage in binge drinking, and that's just those that report it. 87% are involved in sexual relationships. 60% of students that once attended church in high school dropped out of church. In the name of freedom, they run after this freedom and they, and they do the very things that lead to brokenness and pain and heartache because not all free choices lead to freedom, but one does. One choice will always lead you down the path of freedom. Freedom. One choice will lead you down the kind of freedom that we all long for, the kind of freedom that we all cherish, the kind of freedom that we cry out for, freedom. One choice will always lead you down the path to freedom because true freedom is not simply the opportunity to choose to have a free choice, but the power to choose what is right. See, doing what is right leads you down the path of freedom. Living a life of character is living a life of freedom. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when you're driving down the road and you're going a little bit too fast, as sometimes I do, oftentimes I'm looking to my left, I'm looking to my right. I'm wondering if anybody with the lights on top of their cars are around. And I got my foot over the brake, and I'm wondering if anybody's going to catch me for speeding, because I'm not living a life of freedom i'm living a life of fear you see fear is the opposite of freedom fear says i gotta hide this fear says there's someone's gonna catch me fear says i'm doing something wrong but freedom freedom says i got nothing to hide freedom says i'm doing what is right you know freedom sometimes we think that slavery is the opposite of freedom but it's fear Because there were many first century Christians that lived as slaves under Roman rule, but they lived lives of incredible freedom. Because freedom says, I've got nothing to hide. I've done nothing wrong. I'm living what God expects me to live. I'm living a life that God expects me to live according to His ways. Because the path to freedom is a path of character. And for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how to live a life of freedom. We're going to be studying different character qualities. This morning, I'm going to touch on humility. And then over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about different virtues, different character qualities that lead us down the path to freedom. And unlike most Sundays where I dive into just one particular passage, I'm just going to go through a couple of different passages in the the scriptures that help us value true freedom, living a life. Of character and in psalm chapter 119 the psalmist writes these beautiful words to us this morning in psalm 119 verse 32 it says this i run in the path of your commands and why do i run why do i run into the path of your commands what well, says this for you have set my heart free it's god's commands it's god's word It's God's way. That's where I run because that's the place where my heart is free. So often we think of God's commands as these rules, you know, this long list of what we're supposed to do and not do. It's this restrictive thing that that God's just kind of preventing us from enjoying what's most valuable or most enjoyable, preventing us from experiencing that which is most enjoyable. But it's really just the opposite. God's commands are the path to freedom. The psalmist says, I run into the path of your commands. Because it's that place where I experience the most freedom. It's in your commands. It's in doing what it's right. It's doing what God expects me to do. That's the path of freedom. That's the path of character. I don't know if you remember the first command. The first word that God gave to Adam. Right? He's already made this beautiful garden. He's already given them all these fruits to eat and and fresh water. He's given them everything. I mean, it's perfect paradise. You know, they're they're living in perfect relationship with God. There's no shame. There's little work. There's no clothes. I mean, it doesn't get any better than the garden. And do you remember the first words that God says to Adam? He says these words in Genesis chapter 2. He says, you are free. God commanded the man, he says, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you'll surely die. God's first words to Adam are, you are free. He created us to be free. He created us to live lives of freedom, to roam the garden in any direction for miles, with no fear, with no shame. He created us to be free. Just don't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. See, God's not holding us back from experiencing freedom. God's not some prison warden trying to prevent us from what's most enjoyable. He's leading us to a life of freedom he, he, to explore and enjoy all that he created. But instead of joy, enjoying all that God created, remember what, the, what Adam and Eve did? They hung around the middle of the garden. Now, instead of exploring and enjoying all these different fruits and and moving and and creating different things, they hung around the middle of the garden, around that tree in the middle of the garden, and all along thinking, I think God's holding out on me. I think that God's preventing me from doing what I really want to do. In fact, I think that if I do what God doesn't want me to do, that's what I really want to do. And they were were lulled. They 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 were deceived by the illusion of freedom. See, they thought that true freedom is about free choice. By getting to do whatever I want to do. I'm out of my parents' house. I get to drink beer. I get to do this. Or or get to spend money on myself. See, they equated freedom with just with the power or just with the opportunity to choose instead of the power to choose what is right. They confused God as a prison warden instead of a freedom fighter. That's who he is. God created us To be free. See, if God is for anything, He's for freedom. He's a God of freedom. This is what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 31. He says, This, if you hold to my teachings, you are truly my disciples. And then you will know the truth. And what will the truth do to you? It will set you free. It's the truth that sets you free, it's God's commands. That, that you run to to live a life of freedom. If you live a life consistent with God's Word, you got nothing to hide. you got nothing to fear. You live a life of freedom. Because freedom is not simply the opportunity to choose. It's the power to choose that which is right and true. Because if God's for anything, God's for freedom. Just listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 3.17. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit... And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The Lord is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And where the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is present, what is characterized by the Holy Spirit's presence? It's freedom. So right in these three passages, we see God the Father declaring you're free. God the Son saying, I'll lead you down the path of freedom. God the Spirit saying, if you're in my presence, you will experience the most freedom. Because if God is for anything, God's for freedom. God leads us down the path of freedom. A life of true freedom is doing what God commands us to do. But one of my favorite passages is found in Galatians chapter 5. And in Galatians chapter 5, we, we, we really hear the heart of God. It kind of summarized God's desires for us as people. And in and, and Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, the Apostle Paul writes these words. He says, this, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Why did God send Jesus? Why did God the Father send Jesus to the earth? Why did he die on the cross? Why did he rise from the grave? Why? It's for freedom. Christ came, Christ died, Christ rose from the grave to set us free. See, God's not a prison warden. He's a freedom fighter. He came... To set us free. He created us to live free lives. He redeemed us to set us free. It's for freedom's sake that Christ has set you free. Now later in that same chapter, Galatians chapter 5, you can get home and read this when, when you get home, but in Galatians chapter 5 verse 13, he describes what a life of freedom is. In Galatians 5 verse 13, Paul describes what it looks like to, to, to live a life of true freedom. He says, you, my brothers, and I would include sisters, you, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. I created you to live lives of freedom. You're free in Christ. But don't use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Don't run after the illusion of freedom. Don't think that freedom is just simply the power or the opportunity to choose, to kind of do whatever you want to do. Don't indulge the sinful nature. Don't run after drinking beer, having sex, or making more money just for yourself. Rather, serve one another in love. He says you're free in Christ. Christ lived, died, rose again to set you free. But don't use your freedom just to indulge the sinful nature. Don't use your freedom just for yourself, for your own goods, for your money, for your pleasure. Instead, let me lead you down the path of freedom. Because this is the way of freedom. This is the way of Jesus. This is what it means to be free. To give yourself for the sake of others. Jesus demonstrated so clearly. And he, throughout his life, and particularly towards the end of his life, that last supper that Jesus had with his disciples, he clearly illustrates and demonstrates the path of freedom. And what it looks like for us to live lives of true freedom. In John chapter 13, verse 1, we read this. It was just before the Passover feast. And Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. He showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served. It was the last supper. And the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. And they had come from God and that he was returning to God, Jesus knew that all things were under his power. He could do whatever he wanted to do. He had all power. I mean, can you imagine if just for a moment to have all power? I mean, if just for like 30 seconds or just for a day, if you had all power, what would you do? If you had all power, would you, would you throw a big party, right? Would you, would you get rid of your enemies? Would you end world hunger? I mean, what would you do if you had all power? Well, this is what Jesus did. When he knew that all things that were put under his power, verse 4, he got up from the meal. And he took off his outer clothing. And he wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured a basin. uh, He poured water into a basin. And he did what he loved to do the most. Began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with a towel that He wrapped around him, He served. He showed the full extent of His power. He showed the full extent of His love. He could do whatever He wanted to do, but He did what He loved the most. He served people in love. He washed His disciples' feet. He did what only the lowest of the servants would do. And He didn't just do it to His friends and His disciples. He did it to His greatest enemy. He did it to Judas Iscariot, the man that betrayed him, just moments later. Did you see that in in, in verse 2? He says, The evening meal was being served. The devil already prompted Judas, the son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that Simon was just about to betray him, and yet he still washed his feet. I mean, talk about power. Talk about freedom. Talk about love. He washed his enemies, his betrayers' feet. He expressed his freedom in humble service others because that's what it means to be free that's living a life of character it's giving yourself for the sake of others jesus had all power and he used his power in humble service to others because that's what it means to be free that's a life of true freedom freedom is not simply the opportunity to choose it's the power to choose what is right It's choosing to tell the truth instead of lying. It's choosing to give instead of hoarding. It's choosing to love instead of hating. It's choosing to forgive instead of holding a grudge. It's choosing to serve others in love. It's choosing to live a life of character. See, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at different character qualities. We're going to look at um, love and forgiveness and generosity and honesty. And we're going to look at some different character qualities. But this morning, I just wanted to touch just briefly on this, the character quality of humility. Because humility is so central to this path of freedom. Humility is so critical for us to really, truly live a life of freedom. And Emma recited this definition for us on humility. She said this, putting others first, By giving up what you think you deserve. I think that's just a great definition. You might want to memorize it. The kids do. Putting others first by giving up what you think you deserve. See, oftentimes when I hear the word humble, particularly when I was growing up, I thought humility was kind of like this person that that, that didn't speak a lot. I mean, their shoulders were shrugged. They didn't really stand out in a crowd. That's the picture of humility. Humility. You know, they're kind of a wallflower. They don't say too much. They, 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 they don't really make a scene. And that's what I thought humility was. You know, they're humble. They're quiet. You know, they don't say a lot. And I remember thinking and even hearing that humility is like you're less than nothing. You're kind of like an ant. Right? And in comparison to God, we are like an ant. I mean, God is great. We're not. But I don't think that's the definition of humility. I don't think that's what God has for us this morning. I mean, humility is not simply thinking I am less than nothing. Because oftentimes when you're thinking that you're less than nothing, you're thinking about yourself. It's still self-centered thinking. It's a self-focused life. And that's not humility, that's pride. When you're just thinking about yourself and how you're less than nothing and how you, you don't have anything to do, that that's, that's not humility, that's pride. See, pride is not saying I am great or I'm not great. Pride is purely a matter of having self at the center of your life. Pride is just thinking about me because whether you're thinking you're amazing or brilliant or stupid or wretched, you're still thinking about yourself. It's me thinking about me and that's pride. That's the essence of pride. It's self-focus. It's all about me. It's my thinking about myself. See, humility, according to the example of Jesus, is using our power for the sake of others. It's using all that God has given to me. All the gifts, all the resources, all the opportunities, not for myself, not just for me, but to serve others in love. It's not to indulge the sinful nature, but to use the resources that God has entrusted to me for the sake of others. See, that's humility, and that's what it means to be free. It's living this life of servant because a person of true humility is using their resources, their power, for the sake of of others. And I love that verse that our children memorize from Philippians chapter 2. She memorized this Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others a better than yourself. What a, what a wonderful passage for a young mind to have memorized. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. What a great verse for us to have in our minds as we are interacting with people at work and in our home, not to do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but to consider others better than yourself. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Do nothing out of vain conceit. Do nothing out of arrogance. Do nothing out of just thinking about yourself. Do nothing out of, out of putting yourself above other people. Do nothing out of pride. Do nothing to make yourself look good at the expense of others. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. See, that's the path of freedom. But do you know what Paul did not say? Paul did not say, lose your ambition. He didn't say that. But Paul did not say, give up your passion. Paul did not say, sit down, be quiet, keep your hands to yourself. He didn't say that. He didn't say give up your passion. He didn't say give up your ambition. He he, he said, do nothing out of selfish ambition. See, God never says give up your passions. God never says lose your ambition. He says, change it. Transform it. He says, transform it into something that really satisfies. Change your understanding of what it means to be free. Change your understanding of what it means to be humble. Learn to give yourself for the sake of others because that's a life of freedom. That's a life of humility. Because freedom is not simply the opportunity to choose. It's choosing to do that which is right. It's choosing to love instead of hate. Choosing to forgive instead of holding a grudge. Choosing to tell the truth instead of lying. Choosing to give instead of hoard. See, that's a life of freedom. That's a life of character. And that's the path that God invites us to follow. And I must admit, let me be the first to admit that I'm still still learning to live a life of freedom. That I have not figured this whole freedom thing out. That I still make mistakes. That I still say things wrong. I still make poor choices. I still sin. I still say things that I regret. I still hurt myself and others. I don't always live a life of true freedom. But I want to. But I cry freedom. I want to live a life of freedom. Don't you? Don't you, father? Don't you, young man? Don't you, young woman, mother, single person? Don't you long to live a life of freedom? That's what God created you for. That's what Christ redeemed you for. To live a life of Of character. That's the life of freedom. That's the path that Jesus describes for us. I love the way one pastor put it. He says it this way. The journey to freedom is paved by the substance of our character. Isn't that great? The journey to freedom is paved by the substance of our character. Because a heart that is free in Christ is able to discern right from wrong. A heart that is free in Christ is not only to, to discern right from wrong, but is able to tap into the spirit in, inside him or her and do that which is right over a consistent period of time in different circumstances than ultimately living a life of character. Because that's what it means to be free. That's where freedom lies. It's not just in the opportunity to choose. It's the power and the courage to choose to do the right thing. Because character matter matters character leads character always leads us down the path freedom just does it's just the way life works and today we celebrate father's day today we honor our dads and dads many of you have lived lives of character many of you know this truth many of you have sacrificed for your children and we are just so thankful for your presence in our lives And I know many of you haven't done it perfectly. Many of you would be the first to say, I have made mistakes and some very big mistakes, but I want to be free. I want to live a life of true freedom. And this morning, we want to honor you. This morning, we appreciate you. And this morning, we want to recognize just by your presence here this morning that you want to live a life of true freedom, that you want to follow God and do what He expects you to. To do Just by being here today, Dad, you're illustrating for all of us what it means to be free. As a way to honoring our dads, I just want to show you a quick video just to say thank you, dads, for, for showing us this path of freedom. someone who puts others before himself, who protects and provides, who is a living example, who loves no matter what. call someone who makes thousands of little unseen sacrifices. You could call him a hero. But he probably just prefers probably just prefers dad dads we love you dads we honor you dads we appreciate how you by even showing up today want to lead us down the path of freedom because dads we need you dads we need you to lead us down the path of freedom to live lives of character because we're watching you and our children are watching you And you're the ones that can take those little things that you do over a long period of time and demonstrate this life of character, a life of freedom, this life that we all long to live. It's for freedom's sake that Christ has set you free. See, dads, we love you. Dads, we appreciate you. And dads, we need you. We need you to live a life of freedom. So would you? Dad, would you live a life of freedom in your own private world? Would you do that which you know to be right and true? Dads, would you live a life of freedom at home? Would you do the things that you know to be done at home? Dad, would you live a life of freedom at work? Would you do the right things at work over a long period of time and live a life of true freedom? Dads, grandpas, uncles, men, women, boys and girls, this is the path. This is the journey that God invites us to walk down. It's the path of freedom. He's called us to it. He created us for us. He's redeemed us. He set us free to live a life of character. Would you be willing this month to journey down the path of freedom? Because over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about different character qualities. Character qualities like generosity and honesty and love and forgiveness. All pointing us to follow Jesus down the path of true freedom. See, that's the invitation. That's the call. As we gather together, as we rally together as a church family, to follow the freedom fighter, Jesus Christ. Would you join me in prayer as we close our time together? God, we are so thankful for your presence in our lives. We're thank you, so thankful for your word and this, this theme throughout the scriptures from beginning to end, this theme of freedom. And how you've created us, how you've redeemed us, how you have placed your spirit inside of us to live a life of freedom. Not simply having the opportunity to choose, but choosing to do that which is right. Choosing to do what you expect us to do. And so, Holy Spirit, the, 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 the freedom that you desire in all of us, I pray that you could unleash that in us these next few weeks. That we would come against pride and live lives of humility. That we would come against greed and live lives of generosity. That we would come against hate and live lives of love and forgiveness. God, that you would do a work among us to live a life of freedom, I pray in Jesus' name.